In music, like in life, you can't always come out on top. And this is a podcast that celebrates that very fact. Welcome to Flop Stars. I'm your host, Billy Nellis, and joining me to kick off season two, as always, is the one and only the musical Thelma to my Louise, Mr. Greg Willis. Hi. Hi, welcome back. I've missed doing this with you. I know. Um, Now, this season, we are doing things a little different. Each week, we'll still be taking an in-depth look at the world of pop music, but through which prism? Well, that's going to be part of the fun, and you're just going to have to wait and see each week. We're switching it up. Yeah, we're trying something new, bringing you something fresh. Um, But season two, can you believe it? We're here, back at it it again. I feel like it's been a long time, but also it's only been a few months, right? Yeah. But I feel like you and I have been texting each other like, we've had so many ideas. (laughs) What if we talk about this? What about, oh my God, this song came out. We should talk about that. It was daunting to sort of come up with this week's show because there was so (laughs) much to try and cram into it, I feel like. There's so much to cram in, but there's also, I guess... Well, when we get into it, it's kind of like, what is the, what, what qualifies and yeah. kind of like, when does it end? When does it start? Right. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Before we get into the week, let's talk about our musical experiences this summer though. Yeah. Any fun activities you did that you want to share feel like, with the children? Um, I feel like I saw some really good shows this summer. Some of them with you. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lot of fun at Pride. Yes. LA Pride was a blast this year. A really fantastic lineup. Paula Abdul free Paula show, Abdul, free which show was Friday night. I know um, for you and I that was a really big deal. Like our child, our inner gay children, like living our best lives. It was a very big moment <clears throat> for me because I've never seen her live, right? Um, and she is definitely one of the, you know, one of the the women who who dragged me into this whole crazy <laughs> life of being obsessed with female pop stars. Totally. And so to get to see her in that show, uh, that was really just a, a giant commercial for her upcoming. <laughs> no, I mean, we, we realized, we thought, oh, it's going to be like Paula. Like she's going to like sing her, hip, or quote unquote, sing. <laughs> she's going to, you know, perform her big hits, do like dance numbers, which she killed, killed it at. Yeah. Um, but I then mean, she, the woman <laughs> has like a death wish. She. Oh my God, those fucking flips in the air. She falls from heights so often in this live show. It's wild. It's pretty epic. But yeah, (laughs) all like the interludes are where she's like talking to the audience and telling them a story about, I mean, it was interesting, but. It was interesting. I think uh, it was a little heavy for like a free show to kick (laughs) off Pride. Yeah. Yeah. We the love whole, you, Paula. The whole uh, near death experience took very long <laughs> to even explain to us. Um, it took us on a journey. But but Pride was so much fun. We had we had years and years. Yeah. MNEK. So good. Good. It was a good time. Todrick opened for Paula. Yeah. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. My summer, I also really enjoyed for my birthday, actually. I got to see, thank you for. Thank you, Taylor. I got to see Robin and Troy Sivan together. So jealous. Um, it was so great because I she had those two shows she played. She did a tour earlier this year. Uh, she played the Palladium and they sold out. I tried like every pre-sale, couldn't get in. Yeah. Um, me like my, having my gay panic. But it was at the Forum. Great venue for Robin. Really great show. She's always an amazing performer. And Troy opening, he was genuinely so excited. In fact, he, there was a moment when he was like, he was pretty talkative. And he's like, I've trust me, he's like, I've played like every pride in the world. And this is the gayest show I've ever seen. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> Sounds accurate. But that was that was that was really fun. I feel like there was some good show. Kim Petras saw her tour. I know I've been standing her since we started this podcast. So just support support her too. Yeah. What about you? How was your summer? Summer was good. I feel like I didn't see as much live music as you did. I think Pride really is all of the live music that I take in. I've got some concerts coming up. I know that you're very excited. Very excited. About that. I know about, we're going to talk about. Very excited about the month of October. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, summer was was very relaxed. Summer was mostly spent thinking about this season yeah. of, of the show, of wanting to put together a supersized season. We're, we're beefing it up this time. We're adding five episodes for season two compared yep. to season one. It was a lot of, of that planning process while sort of, in a weird way, my my day job and, and this merging into one, taking I, I, on... Which I'm so happy about. <laughs> taking on so exciting. some responsibilities of music coverage <clears throat> for um, digital content at E! News, where I yes. spend my days um, kicking off a feature there that runs weekly called The Mixtape, where I get to uh, really, really spend some time talking about the music, the new music that comes out each week. Um, so if you've, if you've ever liked what I have to say here, you should check it out. Um, You're gonna, um, it's going to be hard because Billy's going to be so prepared now every week with like, he's going to have done all the research, like talk to people, like know what's up. And I'm going to be like, well, I listened to like the Spotify playlist. But... No, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It's really good. You have to check it out. And thank you. I know you and I have been texting like a bunch before starting this being like, oh my God, what about this? What if we we have to talk about this? So there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Before we do it, though, it's been so long since we have delivered the children our picks for pop and flop of the week. And I have, you know, found myself just walking around (laughs) yelling flop at things (laughs) that don't please me out in the world. And there's a lot of it. But so we thought we'd kick things off with a fun edition, um, a little catch up edition with the pop and flop of summer 2019. And, you know, as always, we like to start things off here with the bad news so it can only go up. So let's start things off with your flop of the summer. Do you want to do the honors or do you want me to? You start. All right. So my flop... My flop is a a song that came out, I guess, a month ago now, from someone who put out another song this summer that's a great song, but what I'll just rip off the band-aid. It's Katy Perry's Small Talk. Mm. I don't know what it is. It does not do it for me. I don't think it's done it for a lot of people. It feels like a song that uh, came and went. Uh, the music video was released, and I don't think Twitter cared at all, which is a bummer for Katy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I am always, I always think it's a bad idea. It's a, it's a risky idea to put um, lyrics into your song that can be used against you by your critics. And especially for the bridge of small talk to just go blah, 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 <laughs> verbatim. Uh, that's a choice. And she made it and, and we're ignoring it. <laughs> it's like someone wrote the song and then she just couldn't be bothered to finish the lyrics. No, I mean, I think we talked about Katie and her Witness album in last season and kind of the confusion over what her direction is. Yeah. And I feel like this is another sign of that. Like she had a like a really good song of summer yeah. with um, Never Really Over and this is like not a great yeah. follow-up. Didn't, didn't do anything for me. So yeah. what's yours? Hit me with your flop. <clears throat> well, I mean, I'll be honest. There was a lot of like, I think that we'll talk about later as well. The, the songs of summer that, were grating to me and I usually sometimes I find myself getting really annoyed by like Mm -hmm. things that you hear everywhere right and I hate to do this again but I'm just gonna say I just I just don't I just can't get into Taylor Swift and I just can't get into that album she released I know she's like you know doing it for the gays now and that being all inclusive and the video is a big deal the VMAs but for me I still just can't get into the music or the vibe and nothing against anybody that likes it but it's just it's just it's just one of those things where it's just not for me yeah and so when 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 I when I was like 
prepared for like the oh it's another album coming it's another taylor swift like era i was yeah. like oh. <laughs> what's interesting see i actually did enjoy this album but it it did the the lead up to the album was rough me is probably the worst song on the album and she has a habit of releasing like the worst songs of the album as her lead singles it's just a historical fact with taylor swift she does not <laughs> she does not pick a good lead single and it felt for as much as reputation was like wild it did feel like an evolution in her artistic expression yes. and then yeah. and then the the really like saccharine bubblegum um almost kids bop feel to me was like okay seven steps backwards from for this album you mean yes for the me yeah. the the song me it had a very like kids boppy feel to it and it was like okay she took all of the forward momentum she gave herself and pushing herself to a more mature space and really walked it back. I'll, I'll give her this because like you're right, um, reputation that was a big deal. Like that was like the whole rebelling against kind of what people were label- labeling her as, yeah. me myself included. But I'll, I'll admit that song. Are you um, are you ready for it? Ready for it? That slaps. was that is a jam. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I could I could dig this, but now it's like back to the Taylor that I already knew I didn't really care for. So yeah, look, nothing against her personally. I just can't get into it. Yeah, it's your but, prerogative. But anyway, <laughs> on to happier things. On to happier thoughts. Yeah. Let's talk about some pop. Positive things. Yeah. My pop of the summer belongs to Queen Normani, and it is the motivation music video. <laughs> Um, even more than the song, which we'll talk about later, oh, the yeah. song is a, a fucking bop. But that video is just the moment that every pop star wants, craves, needs for their career in the early days that really positions them in the world and says a star has arrived. Yeah. That music video is that. I mean, totally. I think regardless of whether you even like the song, you have to like look at that video and it is just so impressive. Her athleticism, just she's beyond. And it, it does feel to me very much like like watching an early Beyonce music video. Yeah, the throwback vibe is what's even so much fun about it. Even more than the throwback vibe, like, because it does reference, it does reference Beyonce, it references Britney, it references J-Lo. But even beyond the references to me, it feels just like like that moment. Like yeah. the moment when yeah. you watched one of Beyonce's first videos when she went solo and you're like, holy shit, like there's so much more to her here than we really knew. And I feel like this is that moment from... She's having that. She's like, yeah, I totally blew it out of the water. Yeah. Should have come earlier, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> I literally was like humming that song when I when I, I, I like wake up today. with it in my head. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> it's so catchy. It's, it's so a great good. song. That's that's a good one. My what's your? Pop? We're gonna talk about for the just for summer in general. Yeah, I'll say. I mean, honestly, like for musical moments, there's a lot I could talk about. Madonna's album, Kim Petras's album, all the st- standard stuff you would expect from me. But no, I mean the Robin show with with Troy was really just a yeah awesome moment for me. I mean, I, it's been a long time since I'd seen her. Um, I was I felt like personally like proud of robin for playing the forum i don't know why it was just like that's a really cool thing (laughs) um and it was such a great show and i'm you know she always she's an artist that takes these really long breaks for many different reasons but i'm I'm excited to you know to see what's next in in her path and i think she's she's just always been someone who it really is about the music yeah you know more than more than the performance or anything else and and um but even so the, the show was just it, you just feel everything. Yeah. It was, it was really good. But, um, all right. Well, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to get into it. Yes. And we're back. 
Now, if it wasn't already obvious enough, we are dedicating our first episode back to the summer and more importantly, the ephemeral idea of the song of summer. What is it? Why is it? Who started it? When did they start it? We've done a little digging into the history of this this idea that we all talk about every year. This unofficial this, title. This unofficial title that is bestowed upon one song or, or a couple, if, if no one can decide. But the crazy thing is the idea of the Song of Summer has literally been around since like the 1900, the beginning of the 1900s. This is pretty fascinating. Um, I this. found an archived uh, article from the New York Tribune dated June 1910. 1910, <laughs> everyone. Reads, I quote, the roof gardens are opening and the summer shows begin. In the words of the almanac, about this time, look out for the summer song. What will it be this season? Will it be humorous? Will it be sentimental? Will it be unmitigated trash? (gasps) Will it be at least bearable in text or music or both? (laughs) Unmitigated trash. What does that mean in 1910? Uh, I am fascinated by whatever Queen was writing for the New York (laughs) Tribune in 1910. Because that is some grade A gay language. (laughs) The song of summer should be. Unmitigated trash (laughs) is some next level shade that like I wouldn't even think to throw around now. Like who would, who were they talking about at the time? I want to know. Well, so okay. Or do I? Here's <laughs> Maybe I don't the, care. the article references 1909's top songs of summer. Okay. The two that they reference are "My Wife's Gone to the Country," hooray, hooray. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe uh, someone on the low celebrating his the wife. The pitch out finally of town. left. Um, and where did you get that hat? <laughs> The two biggest songs of 1909 um, was a real humdinger of a time. <laughs> um, and funny enough, they the, in that same article, they um, make predictions of what are going to be like the songs of summer for 1910. And the two songs they reference are one that was about Teddy Roosevelt, president. The other one was about Haley's Comet, which had passed <laughs> passed through. Uh, made made a made a pass over the earth. What, what were pop in songs about back then? Uh, people just wrote about finding hats and wives going away, <laughs> and, and it was a. Where real... did you get that hat? <laughs> Tell me, where did you get that hat? I don't um, know why. I just Cher, Cher is Cher it. was around. She was then. she was probably making hits in 1910. Yeah, song um, of summer. But the idea of of what makes a song of summer, <laughs> the rules behind it, um, really sort of in 1995, New York Magazine famously wrote this article about it where they tried to define the rules. They put about three rules put into place that were requirements for a song to be in contention for the Song of Summer. Okay. So they were, number one, it must be released in the summer. Duh. Sounds fair. <laughs> okay. No, number two. What is summer? Like Like summer solstice? Or so like there's no definition May. of that. I, I, I would rule summer as between Memorial Day and Labor Day. Fair. Would seem to me like the the bookends of summer, or as I was told recently, gay summer is Pride to Halloween. At least in LA, okay. <laughs> definitely in LA where it's hot as fuck until November. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So number one must be released in the summer. Number two, it can't be too complex of a concept. Has to be fair, simple, relatively easy for yeah. everyone to get to get their heads wrapped around. Okay. And number three, it should be impossible to forget. Has mm-hmm. to be an earworm. That is it right there. It has to burrow its way into your head and never fucking leave. I was just saying earlier how sometimes songs of summer are just just too annoying because you hear it everywhere. Yeah. That's why. And and 
radio just yeah. I think there's a dual edge thing to it where radio obviously perpetuates it and you hear it all the time but I think also in the summer I think we are doing things where we listen to the radio a lot more than we would replace you know like it's just it it's a time sure. of the year that encourages that <laughs> No totally yeah I'm just like yeah I got my little you know AM <laughs> yeah. FM you know radio sitting on the dock there with my beer <laughs> that entire just that's like my 1910 summer right there did they uh, have radio? I don't even think they had FM in 19. 19- oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> and singing about my hats. Yeah, singing about your hats <laughs> and your wife going to the country. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can sort of trace back the songs of summer in a more scientific way as well. There's you know people who do it who look at it this way as going through the Billboard Hot 100 who sort of rules the Billboard Hot 100 in the summer months, mm-hmm. who stays at number one for the most amount of time. That's certainly uh, how we make those distinctions of Song of Summer today. And what's really fascinating is, you know, we, in preparing for this, we've both uh, sat down and looked through these lists of what people sort of deemed to be the Song of Summer at the time. And you watch, I think what's most fascinating to me, it's almost like a sociological experiment to see how popular music changes from decade to decade like what the trends were like what was mainstream what right and kind of like looking at it what could be number one in the summer in the 90s compared to now is so yeah or like what you know you can kind of see the evolution of different types of genres of music and how they became popular you know over time and then you know through from the 70s 80s 90s and then kind of what people were listening to and kind of certainly looking back at the list there were a lot of songs that we all still know that we might have not even been alive then but we all know these songs like literally every song on this list yeah I mean, maybe for like, except for like the ones in the sixties, probably, but I know. Yeah. And they're all massive songs that you still hear all the time. So there's something to be said about like, it seems like there's something else about a song of summer that just, it maintains its legacy moving forward because it's just a song that everybody remembers yes. probably associating with that time, right? Like right. that summer. They do sort of <clears throat> really hold a place in your memory in a way that a lot of other disposable pop music doesn't. And I think that was fa- what was fascinating to see that list is they all really were songs that like I found I had connections to. Yeah. Which, you know, you, you don't totally. have that with a lot of music. But what I do also find interesting is you will go through, especially going through the lists of the songs from the 90s mm. and just seeing like what made number one in the 90s is, is so crazy. Well, it's because you think it's about just, the 90s, you think of like about like alternative rock dominated a lot of the 90s. Um, certainly the evolution of like pop music toward the, the end of the 90s. But then there's a lot of the songs of summer were like R&B hits. Yeah, like slow, like mid-tempo R&B. Can, can we talk about some of yeah. them? So Janet's That's the Way Love Goes. Yeah. Love that song. That was 1993. There was Sir Mix-a-Lot, Baby Cut Back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a song of summer. And I mean, if you want to talk about a song that is not too complex a concept and is impossible to forget. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Got Back is, I think there's no one on earth who was alive at the time who doesn't know that entire song. Right. Well, well I, it's almost like that's a, cla- it's a ridiculous classic, but there's something about these songs of summer. Also, Macarena was a song of summer. Yeah. There's somehow like these songs that are so silly. Yeah. They're so catchy, stupid, and you can't get them out of your head. And we still know them now. It's just kind of funny looking at this list, like talking about eras and the evolution of genres. Like Donna Summer's Bad Girls was... Yeah. A song of summer in 1979, oh, and then you get to the 80s. Then. I'm like, right? And oh. then like the 80s, the songs that we all know: Tears for Fears, Shout, Prince, When Doves Cry, you know, Madonna, Papa Don't Preach, uh, Whitney, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Ah, uh, classic. Yes, of course that was a song of summer. Yeah, and it really is interesting to see the different types of artists. And but again, like I said, all songs that we all know. Yeah, it is. It's really fascinating. 
Um, Could you imagine like dancing to like, I want to dance with somebody and not that, I mean, we dance to it already right. all the time, but like when it came out, yeah. how much of a big I'm just thinking like when I think about the seventies, bad girls being the song of summer, my head goes to like that sort of cinematic vision of a <laughs> New York street in the summer where everyone is just like sweaty and it's like coming out of car windows and you're just like, I, that's just, I don't know. That's where my head goes. It's, it's like in your, in your head. You are, you are like becoming that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you move forward into the two thousands and especially in 2010s, mm-hmm. it really changes. And yeah. especially in 2010s, you really see, I think the effect of what streaming did mm-hmm. to how songs ruled charts and and it's just like almost like the rules go out the window. Well, and going before that, after the '90s, the 2000s, it was like TRL was what broke the yeah. songs of summer really that we saw on the list. We had Christina's "Genie in a Bottle," yeah, you know some of the other songs that we're going to talk about here in a minute. But then, yeah, it, it's crazy. Yeah, you're right. The 2010s, it was like what, what songs, and that's really how songs are defined as popular now, right? It's like what yeah. are people streaming that contributes to Billboard charts, and it's pretty wild to see kind of like what. How, how those tastes have changed. Yeah. Now, before we get into summer 2019 and break everything down, you know that we love a good top three here at Flop Stars. We do. And we thought that there'd be no better way to uh, pay tribute to the songs of summer of seasons past than by <laughs> delivering our top three choices for those songs. Do you want to do the honors first? Yeah. I mean, in, in looking at this list, it was kind of, like I said, knowing all these songs. And then, so w- what I did is I really picked out the songs that like, I definitely remember when they came out. I remember like yeah. hearing them all the time, being into them, still loving them. And mine definitely are, are like all in the same ish genre, mm. but I'll, st- okay. So my first was 1995. Okay. TLC. Who didn't love TLC? If you were a kid in the nineties. Yes. Waterfalls. What, an amazing fucking song. Of course, that was a song of summer. It's so fascinating to me that that's a song of summer because when you really look at the lyric in that song, it's like fucking heavy. Yeah. It's so heavy, but like... But we didn't know that when we were kids. we didn't know kids. it. And when I think back to that song, it fills me with like such a nostalgic joy. And mm-hmm. then it's like a song about like people dying of AIDS. Yeah. I mean, and that TLC, they did, they did, they really did like have... A message. There was such a music. social consciousness to them that I think people like sometimes do overlook. But it was so catchy. Yeah. And it's such a jam. And I mean, how many times has that song been, you know, covered or, you know, rearranged or whatever? Yeah. You hear it. It's still, I mean, everybody knows that song. And that's another example. Just like that was a huge hit. Yeah. And that's probably around the time that I started to like become aware of pop music, really. I was 10. So, <laughs> yeah. So, cut to a few years later, and 1998 uh, rolls around. I remember when this video premiered on MTV. Two women by the names of Brandy and Monica, a duet <laughs> called The Boy Is Mine. Yes. It was impossible to not have that like stuck in your head. Yeah. And the, you need to get, it was oh, so, so good. Good. That is the second time in Flopstar's history that they've appeared in a top three. Uh, we did co- we did collaborations and I chose them. For the boy's mine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What episode? Well, anyway. Yeah. That's that's They're you're right. A clear favorite. They. We, it's a. It is a jam. Yeah. That is like a. I mean, I think for you and I, we we were definitely like growing up in our formidable years yeah. at that time. So it makes sense that we would remember that song so fondly. But um, yeah, that was. I mean, of course, that was song of summer. Yeah. And then cut to a few years later. Uh, I was 
well, let's see, probably just graduated high school. Uh, Beyonce Knowles comes out with her her first solo song, Crazy in Love. Yes. That was everywhere. I remember like when that came out, it was such a big deal because not only was it Beyonce, everybody already knew her. Yeah. But this, the song itself just sounded so fresh and so new, but also had this vibe of like this like full band in the background. And it just like... The video, and it was just like, oh, she's like, you're saying about Normani earlier with the video. It was like making that stamp of like, this is me as a solo artist after this successful girl group. Yeah. And look at her now. I mean, that that song is, I mean, and I talked about this song on our Beyonce episode being still like one of my favorite Beyonce songs. So good. That was so good. So good. Yeah. It still is. Yeah. All right. What my, about you? Okay. What are your top we three? We do have some overlap here. Yep. Um, I expected that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> one of my choices is, is, also Waterfalls, yes. um, a song that spent seven weeks at number one in the summer of 1995, wow. um, which is a wildly impressive run. Lisa Left Eye, Love, her verse in that is so good. It's just such a good song. So good. My second choice comes from the year 2001. And oh, I it, think I know what this is. <laughs> and it is um, from the Moulin Rouge soundtrack, <laughs> Lady yes. Marmalade, oh. uh, Christina, Pink, Maya, Oh my God, Lil' Kim, that was really insane, but I could not remember that. Wow, edit that breakout. Um, <laughs> five weeks at number one. What's funny is I don't remember that being like in the summer. I just I just remember I just it being remember super it being popular, so being everywhere. Everyone was obsessed with it. I yeah. mean, when you hear it out now, you stick people still get hyped because it's so so it's such a classic now and i feel like everyone like wants to be a certain they want they want their role oh yeah who would you be in it i am always little kim uh i yeah who are you i'm christina coming in the end with the and the big hair and and the little snyder makeup yeah oh my god the yeah exactly like dwarfing her whole purple person and she just like so teeny it was hilarious that that wig though i mean the wig is like three times her size all over yeah, that would be me. That's pretty wild. And my my number one, this is truly when I think about songs of summer, I didn't even need to look at a list to know that this was one and that it is my favorite um, from 2007. Rihanna's Umbrella. When you want to oh. talk about another moment that just fully established a performer yeah. as a star that took, you know, Rihanna had already had two albums out at this point. Um, this is from her third album, Good Girl Gone Bad. But the song, the video. Yep. It is really, truly the moment that positioned her, that catapulted her into the upper upper echelon of pop stardom. It was her, it was her Beyonce crazy yeah. love moment. Yeah, we and we talked about that song too on the Rihanna episode, just like how that really was that that point at which her career took off in, yeah. in the, a bigger way. And yeah. that, we could not escape that song. I remember driving around, I think I was like visiting my friend Kate in Oregon. I think I was in college at the time, and she had like bought the CD. And we were driving around, blasting Umbrella, like, on repeat when it yeah. first came out. And I remember buying that CD. I remember I was working at the W Hotel in Westwood, um, and there was a Best Buy, like, two blocks from it. On my lunch break, I used to walk over to the Best Buy all the time, and I would buy CDs. Look at the CDs. Yeah, I would look through the, <laughs> you know, the. I think that was when music came out on Tuesdays. I think yes. that was the period of time where new music was Tuesdays, not Fridays. And I would go, and I would see, like, all the new releases, and yep. just, like, look at them, look at all the track listings from the back, because, I, I mean, I had iTunes at the time but no one it was like still early days of that it was super and early it, days it was still just like you know you didn't know everything about an album before it came out yeah and uh, i just there was nothing, something about like buying there's nothing music. better than going to buy music and just have it in your hand and like uh, open it up and look through the album liner notes Ugh. 
Yeah, we I don't get liner notes anymore unless you literally buy the album. You like really don't. I mean, right. when you even when you get if you stream something, like it would be nice if you could like because they used to. Well, I guess that was when you would buy albums on iTunes. They would give you, you like could get the, the artwork. Art. That's right. And you could if look you through it, it then. But, but streaming, stream no, it, it's just the cover. Don't. Yeah, it's and sad. It, it's a, it's and, a, a lost art. It is because there's something about like I remember growing up or you know or being a teenager and. And getting when an album came out, you have that you sit there, you listen to it, you're looking through the liner notes, you're looking at the lyrics, you, yeah. you're you're associating like this era or this moment with like the the artwork that the artist put together, and it's sometimes it was awesome, sometimes it was not, but like right, you know, and you just you you even when I look back at those that collection, I I still have, and I I remember I like have memories related yeah. to those. Anyway, I'm For going sure. on a tangent, but yeah, no. we there's nothing like it. No. All right. Well, now it is time to talk about the main event this year, summer 2019. It has come to a close, even though it is still hot as hell in Los Angeles. I mean, it really, it, 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 we're not going to get any reprieve. No, it got, it got hotter <laughs> after Labor Day. Climate change is real and it's happening. <laughs> we're going to die. All right. We got music. Um, it feels like there's a clear winner this year. Billboard has declared their winner. Uh, they've released their end of summer song of summer list. It's quite possible that this song is very well going to be the song of the year. Mm-hmm. I think the story has sort of been an unavoidable story. Of course, we're talking about Lil Nas X, Old Town Road. Um, just, it's a song that ruled number one on the Hot 100 chart for 17 weeks over 17 weeks 17 was when it broke mariah's record that is nuts and then it went even beyond that um but like we were saying before when you're talking about how the streaming age has really thrown the rules out the window yeah this is a song that was released by Lil Nas X before he was signed to a record label in december of 2018 got a remix with billy ray cyrus in april um after it hit number one it already hit number one without Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, really? I Got didn't know three. that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even hear about it until like well after it came out. Yeah. <laughs> it was a song that took off in popularity thanks to this app that Gen Z is obsessed with, TikTok. Yeah. Uh, really, this this app is sort of changing. There's a lot of songs that we're going to talk about in a second that have benefited from TikTok this summer. It's It's unavoidable that this is the song of summer. Like, oh, totally. It just, it's, it's, I mean, it made music history. There's no way that you can argue, regardless of whether you think it was humorous or unmitigated trash. <laughs> like this was Full circle. This was this the song of summer. And I do think that when we are down the road talking about 2019 as a whole, that song is going to be right there again. It, um, it has to be. It's just, it's one of, and like we were saying before with like looking at the history of songs of summer and years past and kind of how, you know, things like Baby Got Back or Macarena, or Macarena just like really ridiculous songs. I think the Old Town Road is going to be one of those kinds of songs where it's just like such a strange, bizarre hybrid of genre. And it's yeah. like, it seems, it feels like a joke when you first hear it. Like, what the fuck is this song? But it's so catchy and people it's so catchy. love it. And there's so many remixes. Uh, my personal favorite is the one that has the Yodel Kid, the Walmart <laughs> yeah. Yodel Kid. I, you find me a better lyric in 2019 than if you ain't got no giddy up, then giddy out my way. And I will f- call you a liar because that is the best lyric of 2019. And it came from Mason Ramsey, the Walmart Yodel Kid. That's all it takes for okay? you. Okay, huh? 2019 is why old. <laughs> 
It's a, it really is. It's We're a wild talk about time. more. It's a, it's a wild you know, time. it's almost, do we feel as though like it's reflective of how fucking crazy just the world is yes. and our society and politics and the climate and I, of everything. And like, I mind, think, why not have ridiculous songs? I think that one? might even play a part of it is it's so silly. It's so light. It's so like anti it's the such, formula of normal pop songs. Yes. But it's also, it feels to me like an escape from thinking about 2019 sure. when I hear it. I'm like, okay, this is just so silly and it's two minutes long. And it really, it is a really short song. And that is part Some would of, say, thank God. <laughs> that's part of his, <laughs> I've, I've read a lot of interviews with Little Nas X where he sort of talked about putting his music together. He was like a famous tweeter before he started making music. So he already had like a presence basically. He had a presence. I mean, he, he ran a, or he ran a Nicki Minaj Stan Twitter account. That's right. Before he started making music. The artist formerly known as. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But he like understood what it is to go viral. And, right. and that was the approach he took to making music. And he said that, you know, the song had to be two minutes long because it would make you want to start it over again when it ended. You wouldn't be sick of it by the time That's it clever, ended. actually. That's very and so true. That is, I think, a, a huge contributor in its streaming numbers because people just want to play it again right when it ends. What? Uh, and he's what, like 19, 20 when this song he's came out? He's 20, yeah. It's crazy. Talk about like when you have like, you know, different brands trying to figure out how to understand. It was us as millennials and now Gen Z, like this kid knows. It. He, he's got it. What will be interesting is to see if he can replicate it because he's right. released an EP. Panini. That's yeah. the song. The song, the second single is Panini. The yeah. EP is called Seven. Um, is that what he performed at the VMAs? Yes, he okay. performed Panini at like the VMAs Tron and did the choreography. He just released the video. The video for it is basically like the VMAs performance. Okay. It looks expensive as fuck. Like, there's a lot of money being He's got the Cyrus family kid. behind him. But, <laughs> you know, none of the other songs have had a performance like Old Town Road. I mean, I don't know that we could expect them to match it, but they aren't really like doing what you think someone who and he has had a, a song, song. He has like a song that. with Cardi B on Cardi the Cardi B's yeah. on the album. She's yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if he has the ability to parlay this into something that's lasting or if he's just going to be a one-hit wonder. Uh, that's to be seen. I do think that his story in summer of 2019 gets even more interesting in that he comes out. Yeah. While he is ruling number one on the Hot 100, it's awesome. He, he, you know, at the height of his fame, and he, he truly probably at the height of his fame. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say probably it's only gonna go downhill from here. I would think that I'm gonna predict that. I mean, to have to be out the gate this quick with like a huge hit, like it's hard. The to... expectations are gonna be so high. Yeah, there's yeah. only sadly, I feel like it can only be a disappointment after. Yeah. but hope. I well, we'll see. I we'll mean, see. it's. Ex- I mean, I think it's awesome that he you know came out. Yeah. and totally support that. You know, this he made this hit song from like a mix of genres. It was like pop, a, rap, hip hop with a beat like that he country. bought for thirty dollars on. A yeah, website you, where you can just go buy beats. You and told me the story, them. and I was like, "Wait, what?" It's crazy. A beat that was made by a kid in like somewhere in Scandinavia made this beat. Sounds about right. Yeah. Do you just keep releasing more music so you stay relevant, or do you like really have to go back and like do a formula where you, you you're going to come out with another massive hit? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's it, it's exciting. I think it's an it exciting is exciting story to pay um, attention to for the rest. For, of the year. I'll be honest. For me, I thought I think the song is it's not it's silly. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate it for like his story and like what he's done. But I know a lot of people are like, what is this? <laughs> and, they, and it's almost one of those things where it makes me feel like, OK, I do not understand Generation yeah. C, yes. <laughs> I'll admit, between like the Visco girls and t- and even TikTok. Like, I, I, OK, there's I'm feeling that now. Yeah. You know, no, In fact, when I hear I'm feeling my age. When I, I hear TikTok, I this is just my crazy mind. Kesha? 
that <laughs> yes i actually go i i go to gwen stefani what you waiting oh, for okay TikTok, TikTok. yeah um but i would yeah <laughs> all right so clearly if if we're looking at purely scientifically this is the song of summer yeah but there were a lot of other contenders a lot of songs duking it out uh, in the top five top 10 on the hot 100 um let's go through some of them yeah we've got the song that was able to dethrone Old Town Road was perpetually number two until she finally was over to able to overtake it. Another massive successful story, breakthrough story of 2019, Billie Eilish with Bad Guy. Another Gen Zer. Another Gen Zer. Another um, just totally s- different left to field. Like it's a song that you know it's like nothing that exists. It, the production is so. If you want to talk about creating a new formula, this is something totally new. I often think like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people do like every time, you know, it's like, oh, there can't possibly, what's the next genre going to be? Like every, everyone's done everything. And then you right. hear a song like this and it, it it's so popular and you're like, wow, people are really into this like very dubby quick vibe with this like kind of spoken word, whispery voice. And, and she's totally created her own. She's, she's broken out because she's her own thing. Like yes. there's no one else like her in she music. She is exactly her own person. It's and what like 17 years old it's crazy it's insane in fact there's been an interesting story that came out recently where i think she went after like nylon magazine in germany because yeah. they like recreated her they image used a photo like... of her without permission and put it on the cover and they they made it like like she's shirtless topless. or topless but you can't see anything but like and she's and she was basically like i didn't give you permission and i'm 17 yeah it's gonna she's another one where i feel like i didn't really get it at first and now I'm kind of fascinated to see what she does next and see, what else I she's have made been, of. I have been really into her since you her, have like, been. Vi- since Bellyache, her like first single like two years ago. Um, and so I've been following her for a while. And what's fascinating to me is all the music is written by her and her brother. Mm-hmm. Everything is produced, written by her and her brother. They only record in like their family home. Like they... Her, she, aren't her parents like Hollywood people? Her parents, um, yeah. They like, yeah. they tried to be actors. They... They, they grew up in Silver Lake, I think. Her brother Explains was on Glee. Her brother was on the final season of Glee. Oh, okay. He makes music on his own, too. His music is actually pretty good. He records under the name, his name's Phineas, and he goes by Phineas. Um, he's actually pretty interesting. But yeah, it's just, you know, it's these two kids making this music that has yep. become like the biggest music in the country, and they've really created a sound that didn't exist at all. What I think is interesting about that is you think about their age, and what, what would their inspirations be? Literally, their inspirations would be pop artists that were making music that we were talking about earlier people that we grew up with like in like high school teenage years are like the artists that they're drawing inspiration from now yeah which is really interesting to me just and that's and that's obviously how music works i think it's interesting to see how how those pop artists then have have you know influenced this this new modern twist sound like weird sound yeah and then you have the song that kicked them off number one which is senorita and then took over number one um the the are they or aren't they relationship of the summer (laughs) Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes with Senorita I mean look if that relationship isn't real that worked it got them the number one they wanted so badly (laughs) it worked with that song you know what's funny about Senorita is Charlie XCX has a writing credit on that song oh really good for her get that money girl yeah hell yeah yeah. she's a great songwriter we're gonna talk yeah I'm I'm here for Charlie she's releasing her album super soon like this week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. That is interesting. Well, she's also friends with like Camila Cabello. Yeah. She probably knows. She's she knows everybody. Like everybody. everybody. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, yeah, that, look, that's again, that's another example of a song that was obviously going to be popular. Yeah. Not a song for me. I get it. I'm more fascinated by like 
the PR push of this relationship yeah. to get a song to number one. <laughs> it's like yeah. as see through as that is in 2019, it still works. And maybe we're being haters. Who knows? But I mean, you know how I feel about it. <laughs> I do. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Um, and then the song that kicked them right off, another massive story of 2019. Oh, yeah. Is our queen. Yep. Lizzo. Yes. Truth Hurts. Again, if we're talking about breaking all of the rules. Totally. This is a song that came out like two years ago. Yeah. And I, we knew this song. Yeah. I mean, it was on like what, her EP. Like, yeah. back. No, it wasn't. It, it was just a single. It was. Oh, it's a single. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because it was it was shared it was, with um, Good As Hell. No. It was, oh, they came they after were... Good As Hell. Oh, okay. But it, yeah. Both no. of which came out before 2019. Both the two songs she yeah. performed at this year's VMAs. Good As Hell is from 2016 on her coconut oil EP. And then Truth Hurts was a single that came out after it. Wasn't even, was not placed on the Cause I Love You album that came out um, in the spring. Um, has now been added to it as a bonus track. It's a great album in its own right, but it's interesting that the songs that are catapulting her are her older songs. Yeah. And which I is mean, awesome. It's it's a, it, This is another fascinating story in the song was put in a pivotal scene in um, a Netflix movie called Someone Great. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of the scene went viral. We're talking about TikTok again. See, I don't think I knew about that. Yeah, it's like this huge thing. Gina Rodriguez performs the entire song the in the movie, that? and it became like a, a viral. Like people just shared that scene because Netflix like used it as promotional material. So basically, Netflix can just make anything yeah. massive. Yeah, we already knew that. But you've got Netflix, and then you've got TikTok because you have, you know, you've got a line that just took a DNA test. Turns mm-hmm. out I'm hundred percent that bitch that was really tailor made for TikTok because people would use it. And then instead of that bitch, they would say whatever they were. And it became like a viral thing on TikTok. Um, and look at it. It's just truly like a story of perseverance, a story that you should not count anything out in this day and age because literally anything is possible. Well, and and she, she's she has just gone like, into her second week at number one. It's awesome. She, this week she got her second week at number one. With an old song, with an with a two year old song. Well, in her whole vibe, obviously we we love her, of course. But like you know, her I think people are drawn to like someone that's just being so positive and have been talking about accepting yourself and and that whole message. And she she likes to talk about that like during her performances. But then the songs stand on their own as really fucking good songs. Yeah. Uh, and she, and you know the whole the whole whole thing where she plays the flute and she's like a you know and she's she twerks and she like but she also is like classically trained obviously like she yeah. she's the whole package she and is. she sings she raps like it's her tiny desk concert that you oh. shared that you sh- sent yes. me from her NPR, NPR tiny desk concert. was all that talent NPR said that that was the biggest turnout that they've ever had for a tiny desk concert in their offices i totally ever that one she's sitting for i think the entire time and she keeps talking about how this is a tiny desk and she <laughs> is just wailing yeah. on these songs and if you've never, you know, attempted to sing in a professional capacity in, in a way that's not just in your shower, in your car, if you're like actually studying the art form, to sing while you're sitting, when your diaphragm is compressed in that way, it's hard. It's very hard to I mean, sing I, I can't. when you're not fully standing up. It's just you, you diminish your breath capacity. Like what she can do is almost otherworldly. I've said this before. I honestly feel like with Lizzo we are watching the birth of like an Aretha Franklin-esque career in that I think she has talents that lay so far beyond even what she has, is doing right now. She has a talent that will survive trends, that will outlast pop, that will mature and age and be something that we will want to 
luxuriate in like until until she dies. Like I truly think that we're witnessing the birth of a career like that. You, I mean, we were talking about Lizzo a bunch on our first season and, and it seems like, you know, she really catapulted in the summer of yeah. 2019. It really just like her, she got so popular so quickly. Um, and it's awesome. It's like, it's, it's so incredible. Great, but it's it, like, that's a such success a deserved, story. Such deserved success. It's like, you, you know, I, th- I feel like we, especially as like gay men who love pop music, we, oftentimes discover and find artists who never really get to break through regardless of how good they are. And it's so gratifying. And it, I I mean, watching her at the VMAs almost moved me to tears because I felt like proud. Like I I have no right to, I have, you know, (laughs) done nothing except like buy her music. But I honestly was just like, when you talk about how she's sort of a movement, you get that feeling of like, you feel, I don't know. It's just so great that like a, a person who is so good can be recognized for how good they are, especially in a society that oftentimes might not recognize them. Or probably wouldn't have like 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And just this week, I don't know if you saw the headlines that Azalea Banks went after her trash box, Azalea oh Banks. God. Talk about, talk about unmitigated trash. <laughs> Truly said that she was like, Lizzo was embarrassing herself for white America and all this bullshit. And it's just like, Look, that's when you know you've made it. <laughs> when so, yeah, when people are coming after you, the haters. If Azalea Banks is desperate for a headline, so she's going <laughs> to go gonna after you. you. Who has uh, Azalea Banks not come after? Ugh, totally. Um, what what else was big this summer? I, I mean, VMAs, they had a Song of Summer category this year. Yeah. Not that anyone cares about the VMAs relevance as much these days in terms of like the actual awards, but their's pick was Ariana Grande and Social House's song Boyfriend, which was, okay, you know, Good song. Sounds Good. like every other Ariana song yeah, that's come out last year. Not her best year. song either. She really, I mean, you know, Ariana, everything she comes out with now is going to be popular no matter what because she's yes. been like this it girl for so long. Um, I think Miley's EP was really good. Yeah. That song Mother's Daughter was Mother's really Daughter. good. And then now Slide Away, the new single. Slide Away, yeah. Which also, uh, if you want to talk about weirdly um, planned PR moves, for that song that references her split to come out like five days after she announces her split, from Liam Hemsworth is very, uh, how long were you waiting to announce your split? Well, she had that whole post that she had. <laughs> she shared about like, she was just honest about herself and her yeah. behavior and like but her I, public life. I just, I feel, it was very like, there was a lot of strategy going on on, oh, on when she and Liam announced they were broken up to, to make that song perform yeah. better. I think it's she, a good song. I really like, I mean, I'm really liking the music that Miley has been yes. coming out with. And speaking of, I want to bring that to what k- kind of kicked off this summer was like, like one of the gay unofficial yeah. gay songs of summer. I'm Ashley. Right oh, yes. on a roll. Uh, her, <laughs> the rearrangement of, uh, had like a whole by nine inch nails for black mirror, which was obviously intended to be like, a fictional pop song that was almost like a making fun of pop or a caricature, but it was actually not almost. It was, that was good. Exactly. But the song itself actually took off and was so popular that like you, you know, you're going to see a million Ashley O's at Halloween this year. Uh, Yes. And the song was a jam for me. And and so good. When you're talking about old town road and how it's like only two minutes long and you want to replay it, on a roll when that came out, I was like replaying it over and over because it's not that long. Yeah, you want to keep listening to it and go, I'm on a roll. Yeah. That for me, that was one of the songs of summer. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't even know if it was allowed to chart. Like how do you categorize like a, you know, it's like Miley as a character doing this. I, yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, breaking all the rules again. Right. That's the theme it's, of this year. It's not even credited to Miley. If you like go onto Apple music, it's Ashley. O. It's Ashley o. Like or, that's the artist that's so funny. attached to. She has her own Spotify page. It's very weird. Yeah. 
And there was also, you know, some latecomers. There was some some choices made this summer that I don't know where they're going. I mean, we talked about Motivation Music Video was my pop of summer 2019, but I also do feel like the song came a little late. It, yeah, it did. I, I mean, like, it like that totally could have been like a summer yeah. jam because uh, it, it has that vibe. And I think when we talk about songs of summer, maybe we also do think we think of like, does it have to have a summery vibe? Kind of like the song that you want to play when you're outside, when you're like at a barbecue. Right. That song has that vibe. Yes. And then the other one, uh, the other big one that came really, really late, especially for what it, what, what it represents, about, uh, is Megan Thee Stallion, Hot Girl Summer. Uh, yeah. It came out in like the very end of August. And the video even later. But we have to talk about 29, summer 2019, talking about breaking all the rules. But then really what... What did it represent? I feel like Megan like coined this term "hot yeah. girl summer" that dominated the summer, and the people were adopting that. Oh, for sure, across social media, and that really became like it's almost as though like she coined this term and she was coming out with all these songs, and then she was like, "Shit, I got to make a song. I got to make a hot girl summer yeah. song." So it probably took summer to put that thing yeah. together, and then to get Nicki and Ty to put it yeah. together, it couldn't. You know, that's that's a lot. I mean, to get Nicki Minaj to do anything, I think, is hard these days. Well, I mean, in days after she announced her. Yeah, supposed we'll see if that, yeah, whatever that means. I actually, I love that song. I think it's really fun. It's I like, love Hot Girl Summer. It's really great. And I was kind of disappointed in the video. The video is a little like... It's fun. It's fun, but it's like, if you had a video for what was like the meme of the summer, I think the video should be more than like camera position here, pool party, just twerk, dance. <laughs> like there was not much more thought put into right. it. It was a little pedestrian, a little, a little bargain. <laughs> But I kind of like that Megan, all her song, I saw her at Yola Dia Festival. Yeah. And she was like the highlight for me that day. I mean, because right after her was Courtney Love. Yeah. It was like, I was excited to see Courtney Love sing her songs from Hole. But like, you know, she's, she even admitted it wasn't her best moment. But it's funny because when Courtney got to the stage, she was like, give it up for how hot fucking Megan the Stallion, which is an awesome moment. But Megan like was killing it. And like, she didn't do Hot Girl Summer, interestingly enough. She Hmm. did all her other songs. Um, but I think coining that term for her really like catapulted her as well because Definitely. everyone started saying like, Oh, I'm having a hot girl summer in 2019 people might. And then that's how people kind of, a lot of people probably found out about her too. Yeah. My, my favorite thing as we are technically transitioning out of summer and into fall, um, I've been seeing on Twitter, people are saying hot girl summer's over now it's fallout boy. Because of fallout <laughs> boy. I've heard, I've heard a few different and terms fallout that boy I tweeted that and it was pretty, Oh funny. really? They were like, we're on board. I've heard a few other things that I can't share on our podcast, but Ooh, okay. <laughs> Whisper in my ear later. Whisper in your ear. All right. Well, we've talked about really, you know, the contenders for these, these, the technical songs of summer, but you know, we don't play by the rules here. So let's talk about our songs of summer, I'm our down. choices for songs of summer. Somebody, this is, and I'm going to kick it off. Okay. Huge song for me, huge artist for me this summer. Um, belongs to Rosalia out couture. Um, she had a huge moment with Con Altora um, earlier. She um, performed at Coachella. She's really haven't. She performed at the VMAs. She won a VMA. She was the first person from Spain to ever win a VMA. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Um, caused a little controversy because she won in best Latin category. And there's a lot of debate over whether a European born Spanish speaking person can be considered Latin because Latin America is very different from Europe. 
And um, that makes sense. But I guess it's like within the category of music, if it's considered just Latin music, like right. what, what does Latin music mean? Is it just mean right. Spanish music? And if we as Americans um, are so lazy that we're going to lump all Spanish speaking music into the category Latin, <laughs> then where else does she go if right. we don't call her Latin? Anyway, that's a conversation for another day. But but it's interesting, though. It is very interesting. But she's just really having a moment. I am so excited for her third album to come out later this year, Out Couture, so good. And I would say, I know that there's probably a lot of you out there who don't speak Spanish, who don't seek out music that isn't in English, that isn't, you know, that you don't understand what they're saying. And I get it. It's, you know, if you don't really know what they're saying, it can be, it's hard to penetrate. But... If you want to find an entry point into music from other places, I would say, please start with Rosalia. There is, the music is just so good. And uh, the music videos are incredible. They really are. The video for Alcator is so good. Um, just so good. It's She is, she's referencing uh, classic flamenco music. She um, has a really incredible story. She's just all around great. And I'm so stoked on her. Um, and she's really sort of defined my summer. Alcatore has been one of the songs that has done that. How about one from you? Let's go back. Let's volley back and forth. Volley back. Okay. Well, for me, and I mentioned her earlier, an artist I'm really been excited about this year, Charlie XCX. You know, yeah. it's, she's finally releasing her her studio album Five after years. two mixtapes. She did yeah. pop, but it's this one's going to be more the vibe of like the last two mixtapes, yeah. pop two. That kind of her like cyber future pop sound is super heavily auto tuned, but she's such a good songwriter, and I feel like I've really been admiring Charlie lately for like. Just she's been very open about her own struggles with like anxiety and yeah. kind of, and so the song that I picked is this song that speaking of people from other countries was she did with Christine and the Queens from mm. France, another yeah. artist I really admire. In fact, Christine's last album she released in English and French yeah. all the songs. Um, this duet they did together called Gone. It's been like so I've good. been addicted to it. It's been I play it like every day. It's they sing about like you know being uh, feeling lonely at a party or kind of like your, your own you know personal struggles with anxiety and, and identity and um, I just think it's a great message. But it's more than that. It's a really good pop song. Yeah, the video. The video is so, so great. They're both amazing, and I'm just really excited for some of the. I mean. Charlie's had a great summer. She did an awesome song with Lizzo, Blame It On Your Love. That fucking verse from Lizzo killed it. Uh, she's got a song come, another song coming out with Troy Sivan called 2099. In fact, I think the video comes out this week. Mm. Um, really excited. Just for me, I've, I've been digging everything Charlie's been putting out this summer and I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, and I, and she's one of those artists, I think, you know, of course we know her and she's popular, but she doesn't get the same accolades, you know, she wouldn't have a song of summer as compared to someone like, although I take this back 2014 song of summer was Iggy Azalea with Charlie XCX fancy. fancy. Cause she wrote that, that yeah. verse. Yeah. So I take that back, but, uh, I, I, that's what I've been digging. One of my other big ones has been Sam Smith's. How do you sleep? Oh yeah. Um, honestly, like. If you want to talk about the music that someone should have been doing all along, <laughs> right. this is I the mean. song. I mean, I, for me, I discovered Sam Smith through his features with Naughty Boy, La La La, and or La La La, La Di Da. I, I remember him from Latch. Dis and Disclosure's Dis Latch the were song his two with big disclosure, features. Yeah. Um, and then his, his own music just was a bit more morose, a bit too... Anyway, Depressing. it was a little... Just not really my vibe, not really my thing. Um, he had to get all that out. Yes, but this one, I mean, bitch is dancing. Bitch is finally dancing in the music video. The, and song, the song is still sad. The song, it's yeah, it's sad, but it's like, it's how to do sad pop yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's just, good. It's so good. It's a jam. It's so good. And then <clears throat> and Lana Del Rey. 
yeah. came out with her album, but the song Do In Time, that like her sublime cover, that was, talk about like a summery song. Yes. Um, so like summer vibe, very little Lana twist, but yeah. this meme that's going around this week of uh, the video where she's walking through the, yeah. like she's a giant, comes out of the movie, you told me about it, walking through the streets and then she's walking and then they cut to Jasmine Masters looking out the side of her car, giving her side eye. <laughs> I'll show you after, it was <laughs> killing me. I was like, this is too perfect. That's so good. Now that song is such a, that it, like, I mean, if you want to, Talk about a song that you want to put on at a barbecue, put on at the beach. Yeah. Like that is driving to the beach, yeah. just which we are lucky enough to do here. Yeah. If we ever do. Yeah. <laughs> um, my big one, my my last one, um, you mentioned it a second ago, but it is Charlie XCX and Lizzo's Blame It on Your Love. Yes. Um, didn't come out in the summer, it came out before Memorial Day. Okay, I'd say, right? But yeah. um, but just if you want to talk about a song that I have gone back to day after day, the Lizzo verse is fucking killer another amazing line i'm not trying to catch feelings i'm just trying to catch millions <laughs> i love it i love it i love it i love it um i am so excited for charlie to um the album and the artist um it's been five long years for her to get this uh, actual studio album out even though she's sort of been an omnipresent artist yeah. um, just everywhere um she's consistently releasing stuff but it's got to just feel good that she was able to do this because that's a big deal to get like a studio album out well, and she she's collaborating with all these amazing artists that you know I mean, she she got, genuinely loves all these people. Yes, she's got Haim on the album. Yeah. She has Sky Ferreira. I mean, it's just like mind blowing the amount of collaboration on this album. I'm sure we're um, gonna talk about it when it comes out. So I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been an interesting summer of, uh, of music for sure. Very wild mix of music. Totally very, different. Um, yeah, but fun, totally rule like rule breaking. Representative of the crazy times we live in, yeah. I think, right? It's been pretty wild. All right. Well, there you have it. That's our uh recap of summer twenty nineteen as only flop stars can do it. I'm excited that we're back and Me too. Yeah, we're gonna have a playlist with all these songs yeah, we've talked as about. As always, we will be updating the playlist and we will have our choices, our picks out there for you if you haven't heard them to discover for the first time or discover a new, if you had heard and, and forgot about them. Um, and we'll be back next week for, uh, for what you'll have to tune in and see, but another, we promise another fun flop stars topic. It's going to be fun. Thank you guys so much. And welcome back. Yes. Bye. Bye.